Hey guys, welcome back to the Cousin Soccer Podcast. We got a quick episode today. I am Clark. And I'm Hector. And yeah, like Clark said, we uh, have a little bit of a different episode today. We decided we're just going to do the MLS season kind of getting back into gear this week. Uh, we're going to do a little preview on the opening game for Atlanta United and just some of the things that we're expecting and hoping for. Mm-hmm. So kind of right off the bat, you know, we got an interim manager, Stephen Glass, not Todd Glass, the actor. Um, uh, so he he likes to traditionally do the 4-2-3-1, which uh, seems like it should fit us fine. I think we could also have room for a 4-4-2 with the addition of Kubo. Uh, but yeah. So what, what are your thoughts? You think we're going with the four, three, three, one, four, four, two. So I, I agree. I think I I could see, uh, either of those formations happening. I think the part that you touched on that I definitely think is going to happen is the back line of four. Um, I think we're going to kind of ditch that three man back line, at least for the, for the moment. Um, I personally specifically have a four, two, three, one in mind. Once we, uh, touch on the starting 11 and all that stuff we can get into that but yeah i think the the 343 there's no other way to put it it was a disaster it's been a disaster <laughs> most of the time that that we've used it so I, I think both the coaching staff and the players will be excited to go back to that i think one of the biggest beneficiaries from it could be george bello um I overall, I'm really excited for him because I liked what I saw, especially on, on the offensive side. Uh, in the games that he did, he had in Orlando, he was great going up the wing. But the part that he kind of struggled with, and it's kind of to be expected with how young he is. I believe he's like 18. Um, yeah, he's 18. Just like the tracking back on defense, the the three four three can be really complicated for those guys. Just knowing when's the right time to, to commit to going forward, when you should stay back. And I think going back to just a steady back line of four, it's going to really simplify things for him. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see just what he can do and just, uh, you know, ease him into this professional role. Cause this looks like the first time that he's been healthy really since he's joined Atlanta United, uh, at least for like a healthy or for an extended amount of time. So I think having like a, a just a simpler role will probably do a lot of good for his development. I think so too. Um, I th- I definitely have him in my starting lineup, especially with Stephen Glass being the manager. You know, he's the previous Atlanta United two coach, so he has seen Bello before. Um, that also potentially leaves room for George Campbell to come in as a sub too. I wouldn't actually be surprised to see him come off the bench here and there, but. So I'm assuming your start back four has Bellow in it. Um, it does. <laughs> okay. So I have at the moment Bellow, Meza, Robinson, Escobar. Then I went with the 4-2-3-1 as well. Um, with Remedi and Adams in the middle with potentially Jeff. It, those two kind of are interchangeable. I think Remedi is the important piece there. And then Pity, Hindman, Barco with Jan starting up. So, yeah, we basically have um, pretty much the, the same expected 11. I, I lean on the uh, Jeff Lorenowitz side paired with Rometty. Um, I know I'm assuming we both have questions about whether he can give us a strong full 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
you know, if he can't, then, you know, give us a solid 70 and I'll take that. But I just think with the, with it being the first game, uh, I think they, they, they just trust him so much to kind of be that anchor as a, as a defensive midfielder that they'll throw him out there, just kind of help stabilize things. Let's get started on the right foot. Like I, I, if there's one thing uh, with Jeff Lerner, is that I trust him. Uh, yes. He might not be the fastest, you know, he has his, kind of moments where he loses his temper and all that but I, I honestly kind of love that you need that enforcer uh, but I think him and Remedi that that duo will be more than fine defensively and if the guys in front of them can you know do the the, the dirty work on offense then we'll be perfectly fine there uh, who do you have in the in your front three did you say Barco Hyman and, and Pity as well yes I do okay yeah so, I think uh that's I think that's also pretty locked in right now yeah, I, I don't see any of them really getting replaced. I know that we saw, or at least there were reports saying that Dom and Kubo would be not initially starting, probably because I would say they're maybe not match fit, or if they are, it's just they don't have the same chemistry as these other guys. Um, I think Jeff playing, the major benefit of him is he's seen so much in the league that he knows how to direct a team, you know? Um he can see something that's happening a few plays before. I'm not saying he's some mastermind genius tactician, but he's experienced a lot. He has a lot of experience, and I think that's would be great for Remedi to maybe have that consistent partnership with him. However, I do think Adams might get that push to be the starter with maybe coming off and having Jeff come in. I agree. I think, and you know, they, they clearly like Mo Adams in the organization and he's rightfully so he's subbed on in a lot of spots. Um, I know he's played like right back, right wing back, defensive midfielder. Like the dude can play a lot of positions. It's just a matter of, you know, he's kind of, he's got a lower ceiling than a lot of guys, but then again, so does Jeff Lerenowitz. So I agree. I could see either of them come starting in that spot and it wouldn't shock me if, when a substitution happens, it's just one for the other. Regardless mm-hmm. of which one starts, I think those two are pretty much interchangeable and it'll happen in that game. Yeah, I think Remedi is just super important at that position. I mean, the thing that's so interesting about him is his style of play reminds you of a guy like, okay, you see him running, you're like, oh, this guy can't dribble. Then he does something, he does some great dribbling move, kind of out of nowhere, relieves pressure. He's not afraid to tackle people. Or even take a shot. So it's like this guy, he's been here for a while. He's a good box-to-box dude that not necessarily going to like thread the needle with the pass or anything. But I definitely see him maybe being the connection or, yeah, that, that connection from maybe the midfield to one of the attacking guys to really set up the rest. Yeah, and I think one of the biggest things with Rometty that he brings to the table is just that that energy. Like he is ready to go from the first mm-hmm. minute all the way to the end. He, like you said, he's not afraid to go in on a tackle. He's not afraid to get into it with other players. Like, And I, and that's something that we, without Joseph on the field and losing LGP in the offseason, like we kind of lost some of the fire that we had on the field. Like not, I think Atlanta United, because they score a lot of goals, you know, because they're a good team. They kind of get a reputation of being just like finesse like a lot of finesse. Uh, you know maybe softer players and all that and it really is the opposite there was a lot of players on this team that are more than willing to just get into it with guys Franco Escobar is another perfect example like (laughs) 
you know, he's almost starting with a yellow card sometimes with how, how he gets going. But, you know, I think in times like these, that's important because the team more than anything has looked lifeless at times. So I think it's going to help to have those guys on the field, just kind of getting the fire going in everybody. I agree. I think having two dedicated guys to maybe not push up the field as much, really let maybe four or five players go up top rather than, you know, everyone including right wing backs and all that jazz i think with those two kind of maybe sitting back a little more that would free up hindman to maybe unlock some passes and maybe show off his technical side because we know he can pass we know he has decent vision we know he can also score like goals and we also know Pity and barco can do that but can they do that consistently yeah i think uh hindman's a guy who i'm super excited to see what he can do because I believe there was, I don't know which reporter it was, but there was a report about him playing further up the field, getting more involved in like the offensive creation. And I really think that's going to be the place where he can maybe excel and just, you know, hit a ceiling. Cause I know we've talked about this before when Atlanta United, you know, traded away Darlington Nagby one, it wasn't necessarily the thing they wanted to do like Nagby wanted out to go be close with his family and all that and that's completely understandable uh, but when that happened I think a lot of people kind of thought or wanted uh, Eric Hyman to to basically be shoehorned into that in that role that Nagby had and <laughs> I don't think there's another midfielder in MLS right now that you could do that with uh, their play styles are completely different they they're both quality players but it's just so different and to just move Hyman into that role one was a little bit you know sure he needs to come out and do what he can but it was a bit unfair to expect greatness out of him just simply because you were putting him in a spot that did not suit his ability at all Um, I think moving up the pitch is going to help a lot because like you said he's got great touch good vision he can play some great passes and he's not afraid to take shots when when they're in front of him um mm-hmm. funny enough i think he's, he's still tied for the to be the goal leader on the squad because barco and him scored two and no one scored in orlando so here we are <laughs> um I, yeah i completely agree about the un, kind of the unfairness that was kind of set the unfair expectation to replace a dude that you know nagby had has that presence to relieve pressure out of absolutely nowhere. You know, the guy can get triple teamed and somehow run through it, make the right pass, connecting it to the offense, which, you know, that's, that's rare. You, not everyone can do that. Not, you can't just bring in a guy that's doesn't know this team that well, and then is immediately expected to play this new role that he's not super comfortable with. That was just, he got a lot of like flack for, taking Gressel's money, you know, all that stuff. But it's like, you know, that's the poor dude just needs a break and a a chance to shine in the role that he, you know, naturally plays. Definitely. The other spot that, um, you know, I had some questions about that. I don't know if I'm leaning Adam John starting this game, but it wouldn't shock me if um, I know that other report that you mentioned that Torres likely isn't going to start. Mm-hmm. That was the only other spot where I was like, okay, I could see some change here, whether it's Torres getting a chance or even a guy like uh, Castro or Rosetto even uh, coming on there. But I think uh, ultimately, I think Adam John does get the start, at least for this game. 
Um, well, these guys are the ones that have spent the most time together. We've, we've lost a lot of players in the last year. Um, and even though Adam John has only been here for what, like six months, something like that, that still makes him one of the longest tenured starters just because of what's been going on. Um, but at the same time, as we saw, like he didn't really show us much yet. I think it's just another one of those situations, which every team is kind of facing this right now because of the coronavirus, because of just all the weirdness that we've had. I mean, United's played two games before the, the little bubble. And then we had three in the bubble there. It's been so much back and forth. It's been so chaotic. It'd be a bit foolish. I think to draw any like firm conclusions on a lot of these guys. Um, so I, I think Adam Yon will get another shot to just be, you know, like a traditional striker. And I think he could do a good job. He, he has his, his abilities. You know, he's good at holding up the ball. He's a tall dude. He's a big guy. He, you can play balls to him in the box. Um, so we'll see. I, I, I think he'll, he'll get the start, but at the same time, I think that's one of those positions where the, he's not going to get a lot of waiting time either. Like the team more than anything needs to, needs to get some wins. They need to score some goals. And if you're not contributing on that right now, I think it's going to be the plug is going to be pulled quick. So I look for him to get the start and I hope he can contribute, but if he doesn't, it could be a spot that, you know, as soon as like the 60th minute or so could get changed in the game. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, he's gotten a lot of flack as well for being, you know, the big summer signing, blah, blah, blah. And everyone's so upset about it, but I'm like, come on. The guy was excited to come here. Let him get a chance to actually start a full 90 minutes or however long they expect him to play and just try to contribute. Every game he's played, it's been he's subbed out or he just didn't fit the system or, you know, it. it he had a lot of expectations to live up to just because, you know, he's trying to replace the best striker in MLS history. But, you know, you can't you can't expect a guy coming from the USL to immediately come in to a completely new team and new system and do that. So yeah, it's like, especially given yeah. the circumstances of what, you know, what they're playing through right now. Well, and also another thing is too, it's like him coming here, he didn't expect to play. I would assume, right? Like, yeah, he, he, knew, expected he knew the Joseph. role that he was signing up for. Yeah. He probably expected Joseph 100% to be that guy plays every game. And he maybe come in when the game's wrapped up, right. To hold up, the ball and just kind of if you need a style of change style change but i mean we have a lot of uh players too on our bench that we don't know a lot about or that are coming here to kind of show us that they're worth something you know like jürgen dom didn't do the best at his other places he's always been highly uh talked about they're always like oh he's so fast he can't cross though but he's so fast and then you got, you know, Castro, we we don't know enough about this dude. He clearly tries really hard. He's a hard worker. But the one real game we've seen him play, he played striker and missed two massive chances where you're like, okay, yeah, do I trust him? No, but same with like Jake Mulraney. He made some boneheaded mistakes in that last game. And it, do we have a large enough sample size to say, is he a good or bad player? No. And then that's the same exact thing with, Rosetto or Rosetta, I don't I don't actually know how to say it. But I think really there's a few players on that bench 
it's that like could probably start on teams all around the league, but it's like, you know, you got Kubo, didn't have the best time in Mexico, wanted to show that he's still worth something and can contribute on an MLS team. I, I think there's a lot of guys trying to prove that they're worth their spot on the team and that they can probably win a starting spot. Cause that's obviously what they all want to do is be playing as much as possible. Definitely. And I think that, um, you know, you touched on Castro. He, he had some awful misses, but he was also finding some good spaces in the defense. Like there was definitely some good to take out of it, but what you said, you know, we haven't seen much of these guys period. Like I think for that same reason, uh, it's going to be, you know, you're going to have to, the guys that, that get into the 11, they're going to have to be steady and contributing quick because there's a lot of guys that are waiting to get their shot. And mm-hmm. they're, you know, I do think they're going to get it. So, you know, this first game, it wouldn't surprise me to see, like, I think Jurgen Dom is almost assuredly going to be coming on as a sub at some point. Um, his speed against tired legs could be just, you know, you could destroy a defense with that. His crossing ability isn't that great but you know if if you're way past the defender already like that might not even matter if he can take into the box and just play a simple pass back into the middle like you're not asking for too too much there and then a guy like brooks lennon like he is probably expecting a starter role it's not assured that he's got it so he's another guy who i'm sure is going to contribute in some way maybe off the bench maybe he ends up getting into the 11 we'll see but yeah, I think the point is there's a lot of bodies that we don't know a lot about. And we've got a lot of guys that haven't been performing. So ultimately, that's going to be a lot of changes that could happen if guys aren't quick to just get the ball rolling. Absolutely. And it's like, you know, we got, I'm assuming we're going to go with a pretty attacking, uh, just try to go for a lot of chances versus Nashville, just because, you know, Stephen Glass knows that knows what, you know, what Darren Eels and Carlos Bacanegra want. He's like, hey, we want fun attacking soccer that's not a slog to watch. Um, so it's I think we probably will take quite a few chances going forward, maybe leave ourselves open at the back a little bit, but I don't really care if we lose three to two as long as you know, it's been interesting and enjoyable, like, and it shows that there's been progress and that we're making steps in the right direction. Because otherwise, I don't think I could go through another 3-4-3 three, three Frank DeBoer season of <laughs> the whole rejecting the team not fitting into the system and, like, forcing that to pass. Yeah, I think you've got a point, too, with uh, what we're going to come out with. Because, you know, you and I and a few friends actually got to see Atlanta Nashville in person once already. Mm-hmm. We were at that opening game. Looks um, awesome. And yeah, it was super great atmosphere over there. There was a ton of Atlanta United fans. It almost felt like a, a home game really in our section. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, on the, on the play itself, like Nashville didn't, they definitely looked like a competent MLS team, but they didn't look like a team that's going to just blow you away. So I think with Atlanta, you know, coming back to the Benz, sure, there's not going to be any fans, so you're not going to have the typical loud, you know, stadium going crazy the whole time. You're not going to have that, but I do think there's still something to be said for just playing on your field. You're used to this place. You know where everything is. Um, So I I think they're going to come out with a really strong attacking game. 
old, you know, that's, that's going to come down to the players actually performing well. It doesn't matter what strategy you come out with if you don't execute. But I think, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys on this team that know the pressure's on. And in the past, we've seen them actually do well when that's the case, whether it's the Open Cup final against Minnesota, the Campeones Cup match versus Club America. There's been a lot of moments that you can point to and be like, okay, these guys, when the pressure really is on, they're able to take it up a level. I think two guys that I've got in mind that I really want to see more from are uh, Pity and Barco. Mm-hmm. You know, we've, we, we've had plenty of conversations about MLS roster rules and, you know, how important designated players are. And right now you have your best designated player. You know, he's not coming back this season. Like that's, that's already set in stone. You're not saying Joseph Martinez until next year. What that means is the other two guys – Barco and Pity, the amount that they need to contribute is even larger now because once you get past those two guys, the talent gap just gets bigger and bigger, especially when you you're playing against a club that has all three of their designated players out on the field. Um, and they were brought here on pretty large transfer fees. I think it's, I don't think you can argue the fact that they've been a little, I don't know if I, I mean, Pity definitely has been disappointing. I don't know if I'm quite there with Barco yet just because, he is a lot younger, so you kind of expect there will be some growing pains. But, you know, they both came with a certain reputation and with certain expectations. And at some point, you're going to have to deliver on that game in and game out. And I think this is a good chance for them to kind of start doing that. So, you know, with your, with your top striker out, I'd love to see both of them kind of just take that responsibility of like, all right, even if the rest of the team isn't fully gelled right now, like, we know what we can do and we're going to put it on our back to lead this team to some wins. And I think they, they have to, cause you know, they've both gotten so much slack specifically pity for being this, you know, super overrated guy, but you know, you, we've seen him look like, I think I earlier said like one of the best players in the MLS and then Barco just, he can be an instant game changer. And they, those two really need to, get on the same page and just be more decisive and really carry this team like they're expected to, because you can't have, you know, your two best players or two of your best players just underperform game in game out. So, you know, I know that puts a lot of pressure on both of them, but if they want to go to a different league and, you know, uh, be on, in Europe playing on a team that can go to the Champions League. You're going to have to play like that anyways, and this is a great time to show that, you know, hey, we can take that step to the next level. Definitely. I think if, if those two guys are the players that we think and that we hope they can be, they're going to start showing it over the, these next few games because, you know, that like we said, that Joseph Martinez, you may as well pretend he's not on the team anymore because outside of being there to support you, he is not – you know, you're not going to see him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we really, I think those two guys, you know, there's, they're definitely the key for the offense to really get going. Cause they're good enough that everyone else, if, if Pity and Barco are, are playing at their best, everyone else just kind of needs to show up because yeah. even then the goals will come, but you know, though it's just a matter of them coming out and executing. Like you said, if they want to take that jump to a, a bigger league and all that, which I'm sure is in their goals, what they've done so far isn't indicative of them being able to do that. So 
you really do need a change of just consistency and and co contribution from those two. I think with Barco specifically, the thing I'd love to see is just him start shooting more. There's so many times that he takes a defender on, gets past him, and he's kind of in, in like right outside the box, and he just kind of starts dribbling all across the the, the front of the box. Go and I'm like, man, <laughs> if you he he's and he's a great shooter too. If he took more of those, he would easily score a few more goals every year. Um, but who knows? You know, I I I am pretty confident that they're going to come out and play well. Um, do you have any predictions for the final score? Yeah, um, I think Barco will pick up where he left off, and I think we might also have. I'm gonna say a uh, Ubo goal coming off the bench, just because you know he wants to show he's here, here to stay, and that he can be here next year when Joseph is back. Um, I think we'll have some standout performances. I, I I hope we get standout performances from Pity and Barco, but I think Rometty actually might do a good job and really uh, shine this game. I Definitely, think. I think uh, personally, I'm I'm expecting. Like I said, I, I have, I've liked what the defense has shown as a whole. I know they've had mm -hmm. some some momentary eh, moments, but overall, I trust them. I think they're gonna they're gonna shut out Nashville, and I'm thinking like a two nil victory. Uh, I'd like to see a goal from Pity, and then maybe like a late, kind of like 80th minute on, get Jurgen Dom subbed on and let him just run past those defenders. I think he 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 puts one in on his debut. Ooh, okay. I'd I'd be super cool with that. I mean, immediate contribution. The memes would be flying. Yeah, and I and I I don't know if I if I said this already, but I do think Jurgen Dom one hundred percent will get some good minutes in this game because the fan base is excited for him. He's super excited to be here. Like it just it's all clicking. He's he's gonna get some minutes, and you know, like you touched on, he he has his deficiencies, but. I think he's going to be able to do some some damage with Atlanta. I think so, too. He's here to prove a point that he's not done. You know, he's in the prime years of his career. So he should be playing some of the best soccer of his life right now. And I think with this coach, too, uh, we should see, especially on that left side, him and Bello together, if they're both in at the same time, could be pretty deadly combination if they form a partnership because i mean bello obviously going forward is very good like yeah he honestly would be... could be like a left midfielder and just or a winger at this point from what i've seen of him shooting and crossing the ball between between bello and dom on one side and then escobar on the other you really would have one of the app just insane speed on the field right there so I, i'm excited to watch it you know i'm it's probably dumb of me to get too hyped up right now just after what we saw in Orlando, but I, I'm, I'm ready to see him come out. I'm ready to see him play at Mercedes-Benz again. And, uh, yeah, you know, I'm confident at least that the defense will show up. The offense, I'm very, very optimistic. We'll see what happens there. Um, like we said, we need the, the two designated players that are left. They need to start turning it on, taking it to a new level. And, uh, you know, hopefully we see – some of the new guys get some minutes and make some contributions. And hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully that definitely happens. I think 
we can see maybe up to five subs. I don't remember, but if that's the case, then yeah, you're going to get a lot of new faces on the field for the first time and showing off their, or not for the first time, for some of them, yes, but just be able to show off that they're, they want to play. So that, that yeah. would be fantastic. I if if the five sub rule is still in effect, I don't know if it is. I haven't been able to find anything concrete on that, but if it is, I think that's going to be super helpful for for Atlanta United because, like I said, we've got so many guys who we haven't seen play yet, or at least not haven't seen them play steady minutes. That if we can get a bunch of new bodies out there, it'll just make it easier for them to start looking through. All right, you know, this guy's good. This guy's not quite there yet. Whatever, um, but we'll see. I think. If it's just the three subs, I think the guys that you'll you'll definitely see come on are, are going to be Dom, Brooks Lennon probably, and then the other one I would guess if we're leading Mo Adams just to help or Jeff Lorenowitz, whichever one doesn't start, mm-hmm. just to help solidify the defense. And if we're chasing a goal, that's where you probably see like Torres come on. Yeah, I could see that. Uh, so yeah, I think we're both kind of in agreement. This should be a fun Atlanta win. I think I'm on the fence about whether we'll shut them out. Like, I would love for them to do so, uh, but I just don't think it will happen. We have, you know, we have Escobar, who can get a little wild. We have uh, our buddy Robinson, who hasn't really played the best, but I don't know. Regardless, I think we can still win the game, but I think we'll add a late goal. Yeah, regardless, I'm, I'm glad that we're both expecting a, a win here for Atlanta. Yeah, it's it's all about progress. Honestly, if we don't win and it's interesting and fun to watch, I don't care. But I'll be a little gutted that we don't just come out and dumpster them. But I also, that I'm just such a super fan at this point that you know, I expect, I think we can take on any team. That's that's the path. <laughs> Fanboy, fanboyism hey, in me. <laughs> That's the right mentality, though. Rather be, you know, excited and optimistic. To be fair, our team is very, the depth of it is very good. If all these guys were worth the money that, you know, we were hey, paying them and stuff. Out, outside of a month, or not even that, outside of like two weeks in Orlando, they really haven't given you any reason other than to be optimistic <laughs> and excited. So, yeah. so that, may as well stay on that train. Um. So there's some soccer, there's some MLS games going on today. We won't talk about those. Uh, I think the next episode will have things will have happened, UCL and Europa League, and uh, Atlanta United will, I think, also happen by the time we have our next episode. So we'll cover all that stuff. Um, We want to, oh, shout out to our buddy Tyler, a.k.a. Jose. Oh, yeah. He hooked us up with some fantastic new graphics. If you look on Twitter and our banner now, looks super legit. We look borderline professional. The only non-professional part is, you know, it's just, just other things. We're just, the we're podcast itself. Yeah, the podcast <laughs> itself. <laughs> um, but yeah, you'll notice that that was all updated. So super, super big thanks and shout out to him. That was super cool of him. Uh, it was super unexpected and was was very nice. Yeah, I mean, I'm really thankful for that because, like, I've, I mean, I've told you, I'm I have zero artistic skills whatsoever, uh, <laughs> none on paper and even less on a computer. So, what he did was awesome. So, thanks again, Tyler. Like, 
seriously that was super dope yeah super dope much better than my microsoft paint starter never um, forget yeah never forget uh okay well thank you all for listening and if you want to rate us or anything on any of the podcasting sites that's cool please do if not only only if it's five stars otherwise don't worry about it well yeah i mean i feel like if you're gonna put five stars that's wait there's other star ratings (laughs) all right well thanks for listening and we'll we'll see you next time